live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy Monday, May 8th, the year 2023 to you and yours. Hope you had a fabulous, fabulous weekend. Kind of dreary outside, no sun, no rain. Just kind of, right? Kind of matches a Monday. Kind of matches what LSU baseball is feeling right now we'll get into that the nba playoffs and much much more uh today my main man james mesh in the producer's chair inside the evco development studios evco development is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction it's on the campus of delta media which is where you'll find klwb which is 1037 lafayette Head, le- head west on I-10, you'll run into KLCJ, 1041 Lake Charles. We're thrilled to be there as well. Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn on your television set because we are also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, we were all wrong, right? It's all the mage, the winner of the 149th Kentucky Derby. So congratulations to mage. Um, LSU baseball. I thought it was brilliant that they started their best picture on Saturday so he wouldn't go up against Paul Skeens. Skeens was was um as as great as he as he always is and um in being named the SEC picture of the week uh he defeated Auburn on Friday night working a season high seven and a third innings allowing no runs on six hits with one walk and a career high 15 strikeouts. He became the first LSU pitcher to record 15 strikeouts in the game since Tyler Jones whiffed 15 at the University of New Orleans all the way back May 17th of 2011. But after that, LSU ran afoul, um, losing to Auburn 8-6 to six on Saturday and then just getting pummeled by Auburn 12 to two in eight innings. You got to throw strikes and LSU didn't, couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't. Christian Little didn't record an out in the first inning, allowed five runs on one hit and four walks, put LSU in a hole in a hole that they could never, ever recover from trailing six to one after one, seven to one after two, and it just pummeled on and on and on and on, 12 to 2, the final score. And so, for the first time this season, 
after a run of 12 straight weeks as the number one team in the country. The LSU Tigers moved to number two in polls by D1 Baseball, Collegiate Baseball, Perfect Game, Baseball America, and the USA Today Coaches Poll after their 2-1 series loss to Auburn on the road. Auburn winning that series moved them up into the top 25 in Baseball America's poll, number 23 in Perfect Games poll. So congratulations to them. Who's number one? Wake Forest. Wake Forest is 39-7 and overall, 18-5 and in the ACC. They claim the number one spot after taking the series over Boston College 2-1 to this weekend. LSU was not the only team. From the top of the Southeastern Conference to drop a series to a lower-ranked team, South Carolina, Florida, Vanderbilt, worked for rank number three, number four, and number five, respectively, by D1 Baseball, lost their series. Gamecocks were swept by Kentucky. Florida lost to Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt fell to Alabama in two out of three games. So... LSU will take on Northwestern State at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow at Alec Box Stadium before hosting Mississippi State this weekend. State is unranked with an overall 24-23 record and a 6-18 SEC record. So on paper, of which you never play the game on paper, but on paper, LSU far superior to the Bulldogs. LSU is now one game behind Arkansas in the SEC West standings. Um, Vanderbilt leads the East. Tigers are number four in the RPI standings. So baseball left to be played, but right now um, LSU drops two out of three. First, it was Olivia Dunn, the gymnast, in the pages of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Now, Angel Reese has joined Olivia Dunn. She's quickly emerged as a star beyond the court after the Tigers' national title last month and more evidence that trend continued today with the announcement of Angel Reese in the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. The date is set for the LSU women's basketball team to visit the White House. Um, The national champs, will be honored at the White House on May 26th. President Joe Biden will welcome the team in a ceremony celebrating their 2023 NCAA National Championship season. Uh, First Lady Jill Biden will also attend. It was the highest scoring game, that 102-85 win over Iowa, the highest scoring game in women's NCAA history and LSU's first national championship in women's basketball. So that'll be fun. Meanwhile, the University of Connecticut Huskies men's basketball team, which won the NCAA championship on the men's side, also will attend a separate ceremony that day. U.S. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, Republican from Jefferson Parish, said as a proud LSU alum, And Dean of LSU's Congressional Delegation, I am excited that our Lady Tigers will be honored in our nation's capital, and we look forward to hosting them during their visit. Continuing the quote, the Lady Tigers made history this year when they brought our first basketball national title home to Louisiana, and Coach Mulkey and the whole team inspired our entire state with their hard work, perseverance, and team spirit. So good congratulations um, 
on that one. May 26th, so not much longer from here. Uh, quite the honor for sure. Crazy games in the NBA. Holy cow. Yesterday, Philadelphia gets a James Harden shot to send it into overtime. And then the Celtics piddle-paddle the ball around too much, get a shot off. But it was after the shot clock went off, the Marcus Smart three ball went in. But no, 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 no. After the horn, the 76ers even the series with Boston 116 to 115. Then the Phoenix Suns with their dynamic duo. My goodness gracious. Devin Booker with 36. Kevin Durant with 36. They outlast the Denver Nuggets 129 to 124 despite the incredible 53.11 assist night from Nikola Jokic. 53 and 11. Jamal Murray had 28 to go along with seven assists and five rebounds wasn't enough. So that series now tied at two games apiece. Can't stop any of those guys. Devin Booker's playing there. Blasphemous to say, but he's playing like Michael Jordan did in the playoffs. The guy doesn't miss a shot. He is unstoppable. We've got two game fours tonight. The New York Knicks hosting, uh, excuse me, New York Knicks on the road in Miami. Um, Miami won on Saturday, 105 to 86. The Knicks were invisible on offense. Uh, Miami trying to take a commanding three games to one lead on that one. And the Lakers trounced the Warriors on Saturday by 30, 127 to 97. It is game four tonight in Tinseltown, Warriors at the Lakers. So stay tuned for those. The Raging Cajuns baseball team had quite the the weekend sweeping the ULM Warhawks 8 to 4 in the opener 12 to 4 on Saturday and a 10 zip 6 inning rain lightning 10 run rule win on Sunday so the Cajuns um come through in a grand grand fashion they've won 3 in a row they are now 32 and 17 overall 14 and 10 in conference play. They trail Southern Miss and Coastal Carolina by three games. Both of those schools are 17 and 7. The Cajuns are 14 and 10. Um, not only are they behind Southern Miss and Coastal, but they're a game behind Texas State. Cajuns back in action tomorrow as they will take on Louisiana Tech at J.C. Love Field at Pat Patterson Park in Ruston, Louisiana. That's a 6 p.m. start before they come back and take on a team in ahead of them with a chance to get ahead of them when they host Texas State for three starting on Friday at the team. So there you go. State High School Baseball Tournament will get underway tomorrow. Lots of teams uh, involved in this. Uh, 40 teams from across 10 different divisions and from each corner of the state of Louisiana that are vying for championship goal. It's a five-day event from McMurray Park in Sulphur. It'll feature semifinal games played on Tuesday, May 9th through Thursday, May 11th, with state championship contests slated to place, take place on Friday, May 12th and Saturday, May 
13th. Three sessions, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., 5 p.m. will take place during the semifinal round. Friday's championship games will be played in three sessions also, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m., and Saturday's championships feature games at 2 and 5. So good luck. First off, congratulations to all of the 40 teams that have made it this far, and we wish them all the very, very best of luck. On our guest list today coming up, Glenn West will join us at around 2.30. LSU baseball. You got Paul Skeens, and what do you got after that? You just don't know. And is it something now that's become a problem more so than a worry? We'll talk that over with Glenn West. Ali Cassell will join us at around 3.10. We'll talk some NBA playoffs with Ali. Blake Rafino, all things LSU, and then some birthday wishes from some uh, very notable former Tigers. It's all coming your way today. So sit back and relax. We're here from 2 to 4 p.m. on the game. We'll take our first time out, and we'll come back with more. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of high school baseball, the St. Thomas Moore Cougars are headed to Sulphur for the Division II Select Semifinals. And you can listen to the action live here on the game. Pre-game begins at 445. First pitch is set for 5 on Wednesday. Danny Jones will be on the call. You can hear it right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. This is the Jordy Helper Show for the first time in NFL history. It looks like the league is planning to hold a Monday triple header with the unprecedented event expected to happen on Christmas Day. According to NBC Sports, the league is expected to schedule three games for Monday, December 25th this year. Historically, when Christmas has fallen on a Monday, the NFL has scheduled two games for the occasion, like it did in both 2006 and 2017. So uh, the NFL has been playing regular season games on Christmas since 1989. And in the 34 years since then, the league has been looking to utilize the holiday whenever possible. It used to be Christmas Day was owned by the NBA. NFL saying, whoa, whoa, wait just a minute. We're getting in on the action, so wait and see. It'll be interesting next year because Christmas actually falls on a Wednesday in 2024, so we'll know as soon as next season if the league plans to make the December 25th triple header a regular event on the schedule. Um, as for the 2023 games, if the NFL sticks to the same Christmas schedule as last year, then the Monday games will be staggered throughout the day with kickoffs at 12 noon, 3.30, and 7.20 p.m. Meanwhile, um, with the NFL's big waves of off-season player movement now come and gone, the league is set to officially turn the page to the 2023 season 
with the expectations of releasing the full regular season schedule this Thursday, May 11th. In total, the schedule will release. Uh, the schedule will release will account for uh, 272 different matchups. So, with that in mind, it, the season opener, which is always on a Thursday this year, Thursday, September 7th. How about a Super Bowl rematch of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles? How about that one? Um, Sunday night football opener, Sunday, September 10th. Well, Aaron Rodgers is in New York, right? How about the Jets versus the Patriots? That sounds like a sounds like a good one. Um, Monday night football opener, man. Bengals versus the Bills, 49ers versus the Cowboys. That would get some ratings, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know if the Saints are going to be in any any of these big-time games. It'll be interesting to see how many national televised games there will be. Uh, they will be in Germany, possibly, um, with Kansas City and New England having all been, been reported as overseas hosts while the Chicago bears have been linked with Kansas city and the saints have been rumored to take on the Patriots in Germany. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. We'll know all too soon um, come this Thursday. Interesting to see what the, you know, what the league thinks of the New Orleans saints as to how many, you know, nationally televised opportunities, Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, the saints will be in. Time will tell. I don't think there'll be many. I think the New York Jets are the big player in town now. I think they will, um, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, I think they'll be uh, highly sought after, whereas in years past, they always an afterthought. So let's wait and see what happens there. Um, sticking with the NFL, Colts owner Jim Ursay uh, fired a warning shot to other NFL teams over the possible tampering of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, who's been uh, nearly five years since he last played in the NFL. He's been out of the league since retiring during training camp in 2019. Colts owner Jim Ursay would like everyone to know that the quarterback's rights are still owned by his team. Ursay in a tweet, if any NFL team attempted to contact Andrew Luck or any associate of him, to play for their franchise, it would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy. Apparently, some teams so desperate for a quarterback like the Washington Commanders um, who inquired about luck. Um, no, 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 no. No can do. No can do. Andrew Luck. Retired even um, sooner than anyone ever, 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 ever thought. Jim Furyk named a U.S. vice captain for the 2023 Ryder Cup. Um, alongside Davis Love III and Steve Stricker, um, all to assist Zach Johnson uh, as the Ryder Cup will be at the Marco Simone Golf and Country Club outside of Rome, Italy in September. Um, so we'll see if the U S can, um, can get this cup. Uh, the U S has won two of the last 
three Ryder Cups. It's been three decades, though, since the Americans have raised the cup in Europe. Um, U.S. currently heavy favorites to retain the cup, likely to remain such in the lead up to the 44th Ryder Cup. Will the live golfers be able to play? Uh, time will tell. John Rahm maintains a whole uh, firm hold on the number one ranking in golf this year, uh, followed by Scotty Scheffler at number two. Brooks Kepka has moved up to number three. Patrick Cantlay at four. Jordan Spieth at five. Rory, Tony Finau at six. Xander Shoffley at seven. Rory McIlroy dropped to eight because he hasn't been available um, he's played sparingly over the last couple of months. Matthew Fitzpatrick at number nine. Victor Hovland at 10. LSU Tiger Sam Burns at number 12. There you go with that. Um, Orlando Magic forward Paolo Bancaro, the NBA's rookie of the year, has joined Utah Jazz Center, former Georgia Bulldog Walker Kessler, I mean Auburn Tiger Walker Kessler, Oklahoma City Thunder forward Jalen Williams, Indiana Pacers guard Benedict Matherin and Sacramento Kings forward Keegan Murray on the All-NBA Rookie First Team. Second team, Pistons, Jaden Ivey and his teammate Jalen Durham. San Antonio Spurs forward Jeremy Sokan. And Houston Rockets forwards Jabari Smith Jr. And a shout-out to former Tiger Tari Eason on the All-Rookie Second Team. Way to go, Tari. Heck of a player that Will Wade brought in here. All right, let's take a uh, time out here. When we come back, LSU baseball, no longer the number one team in the country, might be a good thing. They dropped to number two, but the pitching staff still a cause for concern. This late in the season, though, is it more cause for concern or is it enough to railroad this team from getting to where Everyone expected them to go. We'll discuss that and more with Glenn West next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And speaking of the Strohs, are at 500 now. If you haven't seen the defending world champs in person yet, no worries because the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Oakland Athletics on Saturday, May 20th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Bookshire AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hi, right, we are back. It's uh, 32 minutes after the hour. We welcome in our really fun guest, very in the know uh, when it comes to LSU. For go two four seven sports, my main man, Mr. Glenn West. Glenn, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. How are you? Doing a lot better than LSU baseball's got to be feeling right now, right? We we talked about it before. I thought it was brilliant that Auburn took their starter, their their ace, 
um, and said, well, we're not going to throw you against Skeens. Skeens is too good. He's the SEC player of the week. And we, he went longer than before, right? He went, they're listening to us, Glenn. He went yep. seven and a third and struck <laughs> out 15. They listen, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, uh, it was, it was, it was a rough weekend, those Saturday and Sunday game, but certainly what, what Skeens did on Friday, it's just another example of why he'll probably be a, Top two pick in the draft in yep. a couple months. 15 strikeouts yep. is a career high. Uh, was able to put out a, a, a shutout performance between him and Thatcher Hurd and Nate Ackenhausen. Uh, really a nice start for this pitching staff uh, that really came apart pretty quickly in the last couple days. I mean, Thatcher, so, uh, I mean, uh, you know, Ty Floyd had a nice start, struck out seven straight, looked like he was well on his way to having a really nice outing. Uh, and then just couldn't find the strike zone. And pretty much from then on, uh, from that fourth inning on Saturday on, it was a lot of the same with this pitching staff. Not, nobody could really find the strike zone consistently. Um, you know, they were they were certainly hit a, a quite a bit in those final two games. Um, and, and LSU loses their first back-to-back uh, of the season. They lose their first SEC series. Um, and yet we're here on Monday, and they're still the number two team in the country. They still have – all of their goals out in front of them. And so I, I think probably the biggest message is probably don't panic uh, after after a little bit of a struggle. Okay, don't panic. We, but I can tell you, um, every scouting report is going, okay, look, we're going to have a tough time on Friday. Mm-hmm. All right, but but we're going we're gonna to get after it because after that, LSU is very hittable. Um, and, you know, they don't throw strikes. If you're patient at the plate, you're going to get walks. It's like Billy Beanball, right? We yeah. uh, draw walks and get people on base, get people on base, and good things will happen. So with that being said, this this late into the season, you've played 47 games. You've played 23 of the 30 SEC matchups. Um, wow. It, you don't know what you're going to get after Friday. And that it, how big of a concern has this become? I know you say don't panic, yeah. but – but yeah, I mean, you have what you have at this point, right? I mean, you, you kind of know that after Paul Skeens, you don't know what you're getting uh, from, from this pitching staff on a week to week basis, really a game to game basis. Um, you know, just, just off of some of the recent results and when the offense proves that it's human uh, and, and these concerns continue to crop up, that's when you get into the concern category because uh, you know, LSU's offense, you could argue, had its worst uh, yeah. performance of the weekend. And so with 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 that kind of in mind and with some of the pitching uh, you know, up and downs that you've had throughout the course of the year, um, if, if those things merge in the postseason, you're 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 in a really, really bad spot. And so, right. um, you know, it, I think it's it's got to be important for LSU to get back to work. I mean, I know that sounds just really cliche and simple, but there's really nothing else they can do except to uh, maybe switch things around. I think maybe you, you could see Thatcher Hurd in a weekend starting role uh, again, but you know, he's a guy that has also had some, some, you know, control issues, command issues, yeah. um, but he's played really well the last three or four times he's been on the mound. So I, I think it's, it you're, you can switch things up. You can pitch to matchups as much as you want. Um, bottom line is these guys just have to throw strikes. You have to get them to throw strikes, put them in best positions to do that, whatever their pitches are that they feel most comfortable with. Um, even if that means you get hit a little, you know, I mean, if you get, if you get hit off of make the other team beat you, don't beat yourself. That's been kind of the, 
the theme that I've rolled with the last several weeks is LSU's lost some of these games. Um, don't don't let your don't don't get you know in your own way of success, and I think that's probably the biggest thing uh, that they've they kind of did this weekend, and that's why Auburn took advantage. Yeah, you mentioned Ty Floyd seemed to be kind of cruising along. Um, there was a moment where the one the picture from Auburn, Tommy Vale, um, it looked like he had kind of frozen. It should have been a balk. They didn't yeah. call it. Then then LSU comes out and Ty Floyd kind of gets called for a balk and then there's an argument one of the coaches gets uh, ejected they didn't know who because they said somebody in gray well everybody's in gray and so but it seemed like that delay took the rhythm yeah. and momentum away from Ty Floyd is that fair to say that is very fair to say and we talked we asked Jay Johnson about this today when we were talking with him and and you know Jay had a conversation with Ty after the game or when they got back I can't remember which but uh Ty said, yeah, look, that that bothered me. That little 10, 15-minute you know, kind of hiatus in the game where both coaches were going back and forth with the ump and they were deciding you know, which which person it was that actually did get ejected and and all that. I mean, it, it really stunted his his uh his momentum there. Um and he essentially told Jay Johnson, look, I let that get the better of me, that little situation there, and I shouldn't have. And, you know, that was uh, really telling to Coach Johnson and kind of in his answer with the media today um, that he can still go to bat with that guy, still go to war with him, and feel confident in what he's going to do on the mound because he recognizes that it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, a situation that he wants to be in and again moving forward. So uh, I, I think it was a good kind of development that you got there from from Floyd and, and that exchange with Coach Johnson, and we'll see if he can, you know, kind of better command the zone and uh because he was really on a heater there he had struck out seven guys he was really looking like uh the the premium premium version of of ty floyd and you need that again uh kind of heading into down the stretch of this season five hits in the in the friday win that's all lsu got 12 hits in a saturday loss only six hits in the sunday loss to your point uh the worst hitting performance uh by this lsu baseball team hitting you know it's been there their bread and butter all season long. Um, yeah. That's something I don't think you panic on. But no. I do believe, pitching wise, if you were, if you were in control, I know Skeens is going to go on Friday, but you got to change something up on Saturday and Sunday. W what would you do? Who would you put out there on a on a Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I I would probably lean towards sticking with Ty Floyd on a Saturday and then going with Thatcher Hurd on a Sunday. Um, I, I think you've got to do something um but i don't know that you have to really just tear everything down from scratch and say okay we're gonna go with these two guys who haven't had a whole ton of starting experience um this season and we're gonna just roll with them i i, I yeah. think it's too late in the year to do that i think if you were to do something like that it would really you know kind of mess up the 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 the, the, the roles that you have for these pitchers at the moment. And so if you put somebody like a tie or like a Thatcher Hurd back into the rotation, that's not really miss, you know, messing things up as much as you would say a freshman like Gavin Gidry, who's pitched really yeah. well uh, and, and, and giving you some really good bullpen options. So uh, I think that's probably what I would do. And isn't it, haven't they said about Thatcher Hurd, some of his, it's kind of between the ears, his confidence level. Maybe you say, look, dad gummit, um, I believe in you. You can get, you're getting the ball on the weekend, and let's go. 
Let's yeah, go. I mean, look, you're I mean, getting last... tweets left. You're getting tweets left and right. What's happening? I mean, the last six and two thirds innings that Hurd has pitched, the last three outings, uh, he's allowed just one run, uh, three hits, eight strikeouts, and just two walks. I mean, that that right there is the blueprint to success for him. If he can limit the walks, if he can control yeah. his pitches, um, he can be a very dominant pitcher in this league. Uh, and we've we, Jay Johnson has talked about it a lot this year. If LSU hopes to get to Omaha, if they hope to compete for a national championship, Hurd has to be a part of that rotation. He has to be a significant factor in what they're doing. And so, you know, yes, he went through a really rough stretch there for about a month where just nothing seemed to go right for him. But it does seem like he's on the the, the good end of the stick now. He's he's throwing consistently. He's getting back, uh, you know, some of his control that he lost there for a while and. I think it just makes a lot of sense to roll with him as your game three starter, um, especially considering some of the other options that you have right now. I mean, Christian Little and Griffin Herring couldn't give you one out on Sunday, mm-hmm. and that was very mm-hmm. concerning. Yeah. Uh, I think you just you got to switch something up, and I think Hurd's the right choice. I go with the experience. I'm with you 1,000% on that one. So for the first time in 12 weeks, LSU drops, only dropped to number two. Uh, in the polls, and they've got some winnable games coming up against Mississippi State, who obviously is um, not doing very well this week, th- this season. But you got to play on the field; you don't play on paper. So I guess we all have to go buy the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue now, um, because <laughs> Olivia Dunn, we knew she was in there, but now Angel Reese is in there as well. I mean, yeah. my goodness. Great. It's, I mean, it's great for the NIL brand here at LSU that you're seeing a lot of these athletes taking advantage of, you know, being on the cover of SI, for example, is something that I know a lot of athletes grow up wanting to do. And um, those, those young ladies are taking advantage of that. I think it's going to be really uh, beneficial for the women's program moving forward. And uh, certainly for a lot of, you know, athletes at LSU is recruiting to, to their programs to see uh, LSU. So, you know, kind of, you know, in in, in, the, in the public eye, in the national yeah. eye, even so, yeah, I think all that's good stuff for 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 LSU and building the NIL brand up because uh, they certainly, I think, a lot of people could say were a little bit slower in terms of knowing exactly how they wanted to attack it, but now that they have a plan in place, I think a lot of those athletes are benefiting from it. Is uh, Kim Mulkey gonna? dress down or dress up for that May 26th visit to the White House. She ought to just go like oh, she, oh, she'll, peacock, she'll go crazy. Right? Yeah, she'll go crazy for sure. I mean, I I uh I don't know what to expect to be honest with you, but I I, I know that it'll probably no, be she'll be, she'll be up. conservative. I yeah. promise you. She'll be conservative for, for that sure. moment, for that moment for sure. But one thing for sure for the first time in my life, um the LSU women's basketball team's going to out sell LSU men's basketball team and outdraw them in season tickets. And I'm getting calls from people and former players, friends of mine going, man, is Matt McMahon going to make it? Look, look what Mulkey's doing. And I'm like, he's got to get players. It's it takes yeah, some you gotta time. Get, you got to get, get players. players. You got to get players. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it's going to be so incremental for LSU men to, to really build this thing back up. I think it's, it, it was always going to be hard to, stack up with what Mulkey's done in these first two years here, but she's a hall of fame coach that has a hall of fame resume um, and had a lot of, you know, just, just she's done this for a long time. She knows what it's like to win championships and whoever LSU was bringing in to replace Will Wade, you knew it was going to be a a building process. And so 
you had two wins last year and now you're hoping to get more. Um, but you know, I think, you know, LSU's, they've done a nice job upgrading their roster. I think that they're going to be a little bit better next year. Are they going to be contenders? No, they're not yeah. going to be contenders, but they, I think they can be more competitive. Hiring Kim Mulkey, the coach of women's basketball would have been on the same level for, for Scott Woodward to have gotten Mike Krzyzewski out of retirement yeah. and bring him to be, the basketball coach for the men's team. That's the kind of cachet she yeah. had comparable to him. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree completely. And, you know, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, they just brought in this transfer big from George Washington today, a guy named Hunter Dean. Uh, oh, who's another see, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He just, they just brought him in a couple hours ago, and that was made uh, official by him on his Twitter page. And so uh, another big that averaged you know, nine points and six rebounds a game last year, block. Uh, I think he's going to help you in their rim protection and give you some other avenue to play another big because they just did not have a whole ton of big men last year. Um, so, you know, it, that's the kind of spot where we're at right now with LSU. Not, not, to, not to poo-poo on that, but he's getting nine points a game. Mulkey's getting two girls that are averaging 20 and 26 yeah. points a game oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. in there. And this might be the greatest roster, one of the greatest rosters in LSU, in women's college basketball history yeah it's uh it's tremendous i mean like i i i can't i don't think there are words that can describe just how good this team can be i mean you've got the number one recruit in high school coming here this year you got the number one player in high school from last year returning you've got an all-american who was in the national player of the year conversation and angel reese and then you added the two top transfers in the country and haley van lith and Anissa Mora, who are also both All-American players. So and you got depth on the bench. And depth on the bench. I mean, Samaya Smith is a former five-star recruit. And, uh, you know, Oa and, Oa and yeah, Kateri Poole is going to be back. Yeah. was a big part of that championship roster. Yeah. You could legitimately go nine, ten deep in this roster, on this team, uh, and, you know, really not lose any sleep over whether you're not, you're going to win the game. They're going to be, favored in every single game next year, um, and they, they should be. They have the roster to, to absolutely compete and defend this championship. Does South Carolina return the favor and come to Baton Rouge? I know the schedule's not out, but shouldn't they? You know, I don't know. I know that LSU played them at home two years ago, and then they went there last year. Uh, so I'm not okay. sure if, if they're okay. on the schedule again this year or how that all works out. We'll find out sooner or later, but – yeah. In Mulkey, I know this much. Don't come up with this lame non-conference schedule, yeah. right? Let, let's have another game with Iowa. Let's go play all of them. Play yeah. all of them. Just play and, everybody. And dare them. Exactly. Yes. Go play UConn. Go play Yes. Uh, whoever else. I don't know who else is. Louisville, <laughs> Louisville's always good. Louisville, Iowa's yes. good. Yeah. Yeah, let's play them all. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think you know that that would certainly help with the brand and certainly uh, help with the the early season you know, camaraderie, chemistry of the team. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Baylor, what else is Baylor. happening there, big guy? What else you covering? Um, not much. I mean, LSU's right now they're out on the recruiting trail for football, trying to get in uh, some twenty twenty four guys. They just hosted a uh, transfer cornerback named Trey Amos, who's from ULL, actually. Yeah. Um, he's been, uh, around everybody you know, wants him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, I think another visit lined up with, uh, South Carolina, or he just came from another trip with South Carolina, something like that. But he's a guy that they're going after Logan Diggs, the running back, 
uh, from Notre Dame is another transfer player that they're really interested in. So uh, certainly a couple guys on the radar here to continue adding to this current roster, but they're also focusing on 2024 and building out that class as well. Do those guys ever did a day off? I mean, it's like it, we're, I don't know. It's constant. It's ridiculous. Yeah. This is this is prime recruiting time, and you know they're going to have some time. I think in probably July to maybe cool off a little bit. Uh, they got a bunch of camps coming up here in June that we're going to be at, and a lot of evaluations and players who are going to be in town. So, yeah, they're they're going to be pretty busy. I think for the next couple months, but we'll see. I want to share this with you. Um, I read, where did I get it? Come on. Okay. Some early lines, um, updated SEC point spreads and the opener against uh, Florida state in Orlando is a pick em. That's yeah. going to set the table for everything. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I think that Florida state game for LSU and for Florida state is going to be the defining factor of whether or not you're competing for a college football playoff or if you're going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think that game is going to be that important uh, to kick off their season. And so uh, you've got two pretty heavyweight programs going at it, and I, I think that's going to be a really fun start to the year. With two really good quarterbacks that we yep. we know of and saw firsthand in the opener. So uh, we shall see. Always great, Glenn. Thank you. You're getting tweets all the time. You, you, you're like Woj, man. You're out. Everybody's you're reading everything. It's amazing. I'm, I'm reading you're everything. I'm trying. Thanks, Jordy. You're the Have best. To go Thank you, Glenn. Glenn West, go to four seven sports back to wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg show on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, I'm telling you, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks Cleaning America's Air from the inside out. Eon, the premier robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. It's touchless, and it's in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville by the Louisiana Lottery. So many games, so many opportunities, but you can't win until you actually start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, I-10 at the Henderson Cecilia exit. Well, they've got everything, great staff, and they've got a true soul food deli tucked away in the corner. Best cheeseburger ever, promise you. And by Cajun Chef. Oh, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. An update here, uh, according to On3.com, former George Washington Center Hunter Dean has committed to LSU. Once a Division I recruit as a pitcher in baseball, uh, the native of Mandeville and Lakeshore High School began his college career at Southern Miss before spending the last three seasons at George Washington. He's 6'10", 235, a grad transfer, averaged 8.7 points, 6.1 rebounds, Uh, This past season for the Colonials on 64% shooting from the field. So adding some depth on the front line, joining Santa Clara's Carlos Stewart 
former Dunham High uh, grad, averaging 15 points per game. Nevada's Will Baker, 13.6 points per game. Tulane's Jalen Cook, 19.9 points per game. And Vanderbilt's Jordan Wright at 10.6 points per game. So you got a point guard, a shooting guard, um, a big, a forward, and another big. So we'll see. We'll see if that's good enough uh, to make this LSU basketball team more competitive than they were a year ago. Are they getting closer to being a content? No, 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 no. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Um, all right. Uh, when we come back, we'll give you some updated uh, point spreads on the LSU football team as um, the latest for their uh, non for all the big matchups, um, according to FanDuel. Uh, we told you earlier that LSU is a pick 'em with Florida State in Orlando. How many games are the Tigers favored? How many games are they underdogs? What about LSU at Alabama? What does FanDuel say about that? We'll tell you coming up shortly after the top of the hour sports update as we begin hour number two on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Monday, May 8th, the year 2023. We'll talk some uh, NBA hoops. We'll talk some LSU stuff, and uh, we'll give you some point spreads from FanDuel. Uh, updated SEC sports um, football point spreads uh, from FanDuel here in just a minute after I reintroduce my producer, James Mesh, who is sitting in the master control suite in the EFCO Development Studios. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette, we're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere. Uh, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Ali Cassell will join us in a few. We'll talk the NBA playoffs, crazy games yesterday. My goodness. And superstars playing at a superstar level and uh, clock management, time management ugh, comes into play um, at every level, including those that make a fortune to play the game. Meanwhile, some SEC point spreads have been updated by FanDuel. Uh, we told you earlier in the show, the season opener, which is going to be a huge game, is going to be the the, the must-see game of opening weekend of college football. LSU versus Florida State in Orlando. Right now, FanDuel has that game as a pick'em. Two teams are going to be ranked very, very highly in the preseason polls. Two teams that return their starting quarterbacks. A team 
a game went last year, special teams destroyed LSU and they still lost by a point despite all the errors in special teams play. So this will be the biggest matchup of the opening weekend. LSU is favored when they travel to Starkville. According to FanDuel, they're favored by nine points in that one. When Arkansas comes to Tiger Stadium, Brian Kelly's Tigers are favored by 12 and a half in that one. When LSU goes to Oxford to take on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, LSU is a four and a half point favorite. Hugh Freeze taking over at Auburn. Auburn comes to LSU. The Tigers are a 17 point favorite in that one. That's their highest point spread favorite role. I just a smidge over another opponent. Everybody wants to know LSU at Alabama. In Tuscaloosa, the Crimson Tide are favored by a touchdown, favored by seven. That's the only game that LSU is not favored in this year, according to FanDuel. When the Florida Gators and Billy Napier comes to Tiger Stadium, LSU is a overwhelming 16 and a half point favorite in that one. And when Jimbo Fisher brings his Texas A&M Aggies to Tiger Stadium, LSU's favored by 10 and a half. 10 and a half. So LSU on the road, an underdog to Alabama, their next closest, they're just a four and a half point favorite over Ole Miss. Other than that, they are double digit favorites in every other matchup except Florida State. And except at Mississippi State, where they're just a nine-point favorite. Twelve-and-a-half-point favorite when they host Arkansas. Seventeen-point favorite when they host Auburn. Sixteen-and-a-half-point favorite when they host Florida. So that just goes to show you that despite Alabama not having their quarterback issued uh, quarterback issue in check, still waiting for fall camp to determine who is going to be their guy. Uh, the national consensus, the belief is that Alabama is going to be really, really good. The belief is that Florida State's going to be really, really good, and that LSU is going to be really, really good. So um, take that to the bank, and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. So LSU favored in every game but one. Old Nick and the Crimson Tide. If Nick gets one more national championship, let's say they win it all this year. Does he retire? Does he walk away? I think as soon as he gets one, and he's going to get one. He's going to get one somehow, some way. He's going to get one more. Then I think he walks away and retires. And then the NCAA ought to hire him in a consulting role as the, quote, czar of college football. When the NCAA has questions, when the college football playoff committee has questions, don't ask Nick. He's pretty smart. He's pretty good. He'll figure it out. He will figure it out. Okay, there's a, some of your uh, point spreads uh, for LSU football. We'll take a quick time out here. I want to get to Ali Cassell with the NBA playoffs and the Pelicans. We said last year, Trey Murphy would have to step up his game. He was the key. And, boy, he did. 
But little did we know how many injuries they would have and how big of a role that would play. Can Dyson Daniels step up his game and become a threat offensively? We'll talk to that with Ali Cassell and go over all the playoff action. I tell you what, if you had to give an MVP for the playoffs right now, I might have to give it. No, not Jimmy Butler. No, 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 not Anthony Davis. No, no, not Steph Curry. I got to go with Devin Booker with Nikola Jokic, a close second. Well, we'll talk NBA talk with Ali Cassell after this first timeout of our number two. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Game has a brand new app. Hey, hey, it's now your one-stop shop for all things the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Download the free mobile app today for your Apple uh, Uh, From your Apple or Android device, just search the game Southwest Louisiana. No matter where you are, you can listen to the game Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back. 13, 14 minutes after the hour, we welcome in our good, good friend and our NBA analyst. Um, covers the Pelicans, but always keeps his eye on the entirety of the NBA. The playoffs have been outstanding. Mr. Ali Cassell from At The Bird Rights. Ali, good afternoon, my friend. How are you doing today, Jordy? I'm doing I'm well. good. I wish I had- I wish I had Devin Booker on my team, man. I'd, I'd be pretty good. He's playing Michael Jordan-esque. He doesn't miss. He's, you know, everybody's talking about him potentially being the best player in the first round. I think he's undoubtedly been and proven that here in the second round. Because you're right, what did he miss? Oh. I think four shots in game four, like four or five in game three. And so you see the blueprint, right, for the Suns. He and or Kevin Durant basically have to be spectacular spectacular and they've been that right in both of those home games in phoenix and if they can keep doing that boy i think suddenly you know denver i don't know what they do because Jokic dropped a 50 point triple double and his team lost yeah he had 53 last night uh jamal murray gets 28 Mm -hmm. um and wow and they still lose um 129-124 series tied at two games apiece both teams have held uh home serve uh, so we'll see what happens there. How 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 bad are how much trouble are the New York Knicks in in this one? They trailed two games to one. Miami beat them by nearly twenty points in the last one on Saturday, one hundred five eighty six. Jalen Brunson doesn't look a hundred percent, and Julius Randle is guys. See the Eastern Conference version of Anthony Davis: a great game and then a disappearance. A great game and a disappearance. What's going on with the Knicks? Yeah, I'll probably give that title actually to James Harden, right? Great one game, bad the next. But as for Randall, I think it's the fact that he's coming back from injury. And overall, playing the Heat, you know, they really do take you out of what you like to do. And so, yeah. look, the Knicks, they're shooting. I don't think anybody's shooting worse from three-point range, especially in this uh, second-round series uh, across all, all four uh, matchups. Mm-hmm. And, you look, if you can't score, I, I don't know how the Knicks are going to beat this Heat team that seems to only need to get to, what, about 100, 110 points. So, 
Jalen Brunson is going to have to find it. Look, we've seen the recipe. The stars are showing out, right? So when James Harden has a great game, Philly wins. We've seen what, you know, the Suns have done with Booker and Durant. What, you know, the Lakers are getting from Anthony Davis. It just feels like Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson really just have to come through, like they did for much of the regular season, and play up to their potential. Otherwise, yeah, I think the Miami Heat, you know, they're in prime position to take that series. Yeah, I think I think the Heat are going to take this one easily. Um, boy, Boston. Is it is it more that the 76ers win or that the Boston Celtics just kind of collapse late to lose? As that series is tied two games apiece. What a wild finish that was yesterday. Yeah, it's tough to really point the finger there, Jordy, because I feel like this Celtics team has, and I know they had a great run to the start of the season, finished the previous season on a great, great note, winning so many more games than losing. But look, I still don't trust them, right? Because they'll have those clunkers of a game to where, whether it's in regular season or in the playoffs, that are kind of inexplicable, where they don't play up to their talent. I personally think they're the most talented team from top to bottom, right? When you count one through 15 left in the playoffs, but they don't always play like that. Well, there's bad decision-making, you know, Marcus Smart deciding to shoot more, more threes or the Joe Missoula, maybe not executing as well as he can from the sidelines, like missing timeouts, but yeah, that that's trouble. But I'll tell you what, you got to give some credit to 76ers, right? Joel and B coming back, having a nice game. But like I said, James Harden looking like the guy of old when he's scoring the 40 points efficiently, Boy, that's really hard to beat, right? It's hard to knock the Celtics when, you know, James Harden went out there, and I, I feel like he grabbed that win, right? Those big-time shots yeah. down the stretch. No question. Um, and Harden, he, he's kind of rechanneling the old version of himself and then blending in. He, he's, he's, he's had a terrific, terrific series. Um, besides Miami and New York tonight, we've got uh, game four of the Lakers and the Warriors. And this is, uh, boy, this is critical. Um, Lakers looked awfully good. Um, Clay Thompson is either hitting. If he's not hitting shots, he's not doing much else. What do you see in game four tonight in this one? I'm very curious to see what version of Anthony Davis we get. I mean, let's be honest. It seems like he can be the best player on the court. And that's, you know, including Steph Curry being able to do what he does by shooting, you know, the basketball from anywhere. When he can put his imprint, right, in efficient scoring, grabbing the rebounds, and, of course, deterring just about every shot in or near, really, the lane, well, I think that's the biggest difference maker in that series because we've seen what the Lakers are trying to do, and they've done a great job of making Steph Curry run, always feeling bodies, as in plural. And so you're right. Clay Thompson needs to play better because Steph is trying to do all he can. He needs to have that wingman or two step up. I mean, I've been so unimpressed by what Jordan Poole's largely given them. Suddenly, Kevon Looney, who was great in that first-round series, has kind of gone missing in action. And, and it just feels like Draymond Green, right, isn't having that impact. I mean, what did he do in Game 3? He barely had, what, just, just a couple points, a couple rebounds? That's not enough. So yeah. I expect for the Warriors, because they're on their home court, and because these are two veteran teams, to bounce back, right? It seems like you, you trade wins when you're two really grizzled teams. So I full expect for the Warriors to win, but as for the series, you have to kind of favor the Lakers, right, because they've got that home, home advantage. Well, the game game tonight is in in L.A., um, so the home advantage is actually yeah, with yeah, Golden right. State, believe it or not. But I, I believe right. Steve Kerr is going to go back to Kayvon Looney because uh, I don't think I don't think they have the size to to handle Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. That limits them a little bit on the offensive end. But Looney can set screens. He'll he'll rebound. He'll do the dirt. I think they go back big 
um, in this one and and give it a shot from there. I think that's the only one. Hey, back to Denver um, and Phoenix. Jokic isn't going to get suspended over that incident, is he? No way. Nah, I, I don't think so. And especially when you had the Suns owner, right, come out and say, look, no, nothing happened. And he doesn't want to see any kind of retribution by the NBA. Because let's face it, the replays, what do they show, Jordy? They show that the owner actually touched Jokic first, right? And it looks yes, like his yes. flop, I mean, let's face it, his reaction to taking, you know, that what was it, the forearm from Jokic to be excessive, right? So, no, I don't expect anything to happen. He already got, what, the technical, and, and, that, and that's, yeah. they, they should move on from that. Um, Adam Silver needs to call uh, Ishbia, the owner, Matt Ishbia, and say, dude, uh-huh. um, just don't hold on to the ball. Exactly. Back on the court. <laughs> or, or go sit somewhere else, please. Go sit in one of the boxes. Please, don't, 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 be, don't be nuts. Just you got to understand what this game is all about. Don't hold on to the basketball. And when the player comes to get it, give it to him. Don't, don't pull it away. What are you doing? That's crazy. Right, because, that is crazy. Yeah, Jordy, what is it? That's gladiators out there. They want to win at all costs. <laughs> and these are the playoffs, right? So you can't expect them to tone it down. Because let's face it, yeah. if you're a smart player, you're going to want to take advantage. And Jokic even said in his post-game interview, he saw that the, the, the Suns were down a player because he was on the court. I believe it was a Kogi. And he wanted to get that five-on-four advantage. Can't blame him. Yeah, I, I watch these playoffs, and I always have in the back of my mind the Pelicans. And what I see is, man, Pelicans have to get better at shooting the three ball. They got to get better, whether it's getting different players or, or, or getting in the gym now and working on it, working on it, working on it. They got to utilize the three-point line better. I want them to shoot the ball more from, from distance, right? I think that's the biggest thing holding this team back because they limit their own ceiling. When you're shooting, yeah. say, only 30 times from three-point range, while some of the best teams like Boston shoot well over 40, well, right there yeah. you're giving yourself a disadvantage on how many potential points you can have. And when the field goal percentages are close enough to where there should be that much of a discrepancy in volume, and especially when Zion's not on the court, Brandon Ingram's not on the court, right, guys that know their sweet spots and get to them really well, you've got to shoot yeah. that three more. So I'm with you. Not only do you want to maybe add another player or two and you hope for improvement, but I just think the strategy needs to change, right? Look for the three ball yep. more. Get Trey Murphy as many shots as possible. CJ coming yep. off screens. And I think even getting open catch and shoots for guys like Najee, Jose, Herb, I don't think that's a bad plan either. I just want to see more of it. Yeah, shoot more threes. I, we, we talked about this last year, and, we, and I think we both agreed that for the Pels to take the next step, and of course this was all predicated on health, which <laughs> went by the wayside immediately. Um, that Trey Murphy would have to make a big leap from his rookie year to his second year, and I think he did. I think he became a very, very um, viable NBA mm-hmm. player, and I can I hope to continue to see his growth to where he becomes an All Star. He certainly has the capabilities. Do you yeah, believe? Jordan, you know, my, my favorite heart of stat hearts, from the Pelican season was was when Trey Murphy shot the ball at least eight times from three point range. The Pelicans' record when that happened twenty and five. So almost half of the Pelicans' wins came when basically Trey Murphy shot the ball an appropriate amount of time because he's so efficient. So the game plan's there. You know B.I.'s an efficient player, Zion. Trey Murphy is too. So he should legitimately get as many looks as really anybody on that team because offense, that was a bigger right liability rather than the defense last season. So that's where the most improvement can be made. And you've got the guys like Murphy. Use them. 
Do you believe in your heart of hearts that Dyson Daniels can make that quantum leap as well and become more of a threat offensively to earn the minutes that uh, you normally equate with a first-round pick? I, yes, Jordy, I do. I thought for the first month, month and a half, his confidence was on point to where he was looking to drive, push the ball and transition off a rebound or when you know he got the outlet pass. That just evaporated over the last four months or something like that. And unlike where Trey Murphy in his rookie season stopped receiving playing time, you know, Willie Green didn't really have that luxury of going away from his rookie because he was giving you something defensively, right? The Pelicans needed help rebounding the basketball too, especially when Valanciunas was on the court. So he still had to go to Daniels, but he wasn't able to provide. But I think that is within him. I saw it in summer league. I saw it when he was playing in the G League. And like I said, I saw it during the first, you know, handful of weeks of the past regular season. So I think it's just that first, you know, year that the player goes through where you're not an all-star, where you're not going to get 20 shots a game, right? So he went through probably a lot of thinking out there in the court, just like Trey did. So I expect him to be great because next to maybe Herb Jones, I don't think there's anybody on this team that I've seen personally work harder on his game. So I know that Dyson's not going to fail because of a lack of effort. And I think he's smart enough to figure things out too. Defense. I mean, I, I remember one of the first games he played, they said, go guard Luca. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he did that, but he, he's got to go work with some, with uh, Fred Vincent, the, uh, the shooting coach to first off, look at his shot because he shoots it in a, in a strange kind of way. So they got to fine tune his shooting mechanics and that takes time and that takes effort and a lot of work. But as you said, he works hard. That jumper is a work in progress. He's got to get it off. Um, he's got to get it off quicker. Um, and he's got to become an offensive threat to be able to play in this league. Yeah, there's no doubt. You have to be a two-way player, especially when you're just a role player, right? If you're not exclusively one of the best scorers in the league or one of you know, the best defenders, and even that's becoming rare, right? Look at what happened to Matisse Steibel. Got thrown out of Philly because he was only playing on one side of the ball. Yeah. But yeah. for Dyson, yeah, I will say that he worked a lot with Fred Vincent this year. And I feel like I did notice his jumper start to improve in terms of just the appearance, right, watching it. And he started working more on pull-up shooting, which I think is going to be key. I think this team needs yeah. to shoot just more pull-up open threes because they were last in that department in the league. And I think Dyson's capable of doing because I thought I liked the shot mechanics. The thing for me is entirely between the years, Jordy. He's just got to have that confidence to shoot it, right, when to attack, all those things. I'm with you. He says he's going to play in the uh, in the Pelicans summer mm-hmm. league in July. The more the more reps you get, the better, right? The more you get, the better. Uh, Herb Jones had some moments where, I mean, late in the season, he was knocking down threes. Can we count on that on a consistent basis? You know, I lean towards yes, and I know that. Look, he wasn't a great shooter in Alabama, and for the best part of his professional career thus far, he's been underwhelming. But the last six weeks, you know, since March 1st, what was it, last yes. six weeks of the regular season, shot well over 40% from three. And I also like the confidence because I did see it in him. And also the mechanics were so much better. For instance, the way he was releasing the ball was more at the top of his jump. You saw the finish be sharper, right, where it was an automatic quick gooseneck. Everything just seemed to be more in sync, right, more in rhythm, to where at the start of the year, maybe the first three, four months, it wasn't there. So if he can carry that over, and again, he's like I said, he's the hardest worker. I see no reason why I wouldn't. That I think we could trust maybe some of that to carry over, yes. If the Pelicans had a game tomorrow, would Zion play in it? 
<laughs> That's the million-dollar question. I feel like it'll probably be that question all summer, but I would hope so. I, I've got to think he's 100% now. But then, of course, next question, Jordy, is, is he in 100% right uh, health, right, conditioning-wise? Uh, is he able to go run up and down for 30 minutes? I probably doubt it, but he'll get there, right? He's got three, four months. I hope he's working on it hard. If, if not now, Ollie, when? You know what I mean? Yeah. If not right. now, then he'll never do it. And and he'll be a bust. It's I'm sad right. to say that, but right. I mean, he, he's not a kid anymore. I mean, they've invested. They've shown the love. He's got his bag. Now give some back. Let's go. Yeah, he's a generational talent. There's no doubt that if he was to apply himself, he'd be one of the best players because we've seen enough glimpses, right? When the, the numbers or from the highlights, but. I'm with you. I know he's just 22, but you can't use that excuse anymore when you've mm-hmm. been asked to grow up when you first hit the league at, what, 18, 19, and you've heard the same message repeatedly for the last few years. So it has to start sinking in because you're right. You, you can't only say it so much. Well, I don't know where he is. I had not heard peep from anyone seeing him or any comments thereof. Um, if not now, then – and it's just not going to happen. We'll see. Yeah, All right. Some good Jordy. games I just tonight. Point out. Remember the way he entered last season, right? The start yeah. of the year, media day. He looked yeah. in great shape. The problem is he didn't yeah. maintain it, especially when he got hurt. He's got to figure that part yeah. out. Too much good food in this city. He's going to have to get him a better <laughs> chef. That's all I'm telling yeah. you, Ali. Got to get him a better chef. Start eating some lettuce and some grilled chicken. Come on. Come on now. That's all I you can do. You. Man, you can't be eating all those sauces and all that stuff. Uh-uh. That, yeah, you and I can't because right? who cares? <laughs> That's right. All right, Ali Cassell. Um, you got the Heat winning tonight? Oh, I think I do. I mean, unless the Knicks suddenly rediscover their shot, I don't know how they beat them because you know the Heat are no. just simply you know, just mentally, right? Yeah. They, they've got it. They've got, got what the it heat. takes to win. I got the Heat in Miami. I got the Heat in Miami. I think the Knicks will win back in the garden, uh, and then the, the Heat will close that thing out. Um mm-hmm. Then Warriors-Lakers in L.A. tonight. Yeah, I made that mistake, but I'll tell you what, I don't think home court matters as much with a team like the Warriors. I I think that's the point I was trying to make because we noticed that in the first-round series against the Kings. Remember? Kings had a chance to close down their home court. Didn't even come, you know, they didn't even come all that close. So I expect the Warriors to do kind of the same thing that what the Lakers did, right? They they took that one, uh, they won a game in Golden State, right, in San Francisco. And uh, was it the opening game? I expect the Warriors to do the same thing tonight against the Lakers. I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. Ali Cassell on a Monday. Great way to start the week, buddy. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Jordy. I'll talk to you soon. You're the best. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. We'll take a timeout. We'll go back to LSU. uh, Blake Rafino next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelong's Furniture, a flat-screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Download the free game mobile app from either Android or Apple services so you can take the Blonde Bomber with you always. 
This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Monday's so much better when we get our next guest on. He is Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast as we talk all things in Tiger Town. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Doing good, Jordy. How are we doing? Um, I said it earlier, I'm doing better than I think LSU baseball is doing right now as they lost two out of three to Auburn. You got, uh, you got Paul Skeens, who is the SEC Picture of the Week, and he's been consistently great all year long, went seven and a third innings, um, no runs, six hits, one walk, and a career-high 15 strikeouts. And then after that, you don't know what you get with LSU baseball and its pitching staff. And at this late in the season, it's more of a habit than it, than it is a concern. Is this enough to keep LSU from getting where it wants to get? No. Uh-uh. Jordan, in 1997, LSU's ERA when they won a national title was worse than it is right now this season. Teams that, uh, teams that have worse ERAs and worse pitching staffs than what LSU's had and won the Natty. And it literally happened last year, right? Like, it literally happened last year. Um, so, no, I mean, listen, Ty Floyd had struck out seven straight batters, gave up a pop fly, then gave up a, uh, a walk, and then didn't throw another pitch for 21, for 21 minutes. Um, that game could have been completely different. You know, so when I mean why he he didn't throw for 21 minutes because of the arguing and right. Jay having to come out, guy got tossed, whatever. I'm not. I, I'm not even. Look, I, I, is it concerning? Yes. Am I worried? No, because right. you got Jordan. We got a we got a month and a half worth of baseball if they're going to get where they need to go. Right. I, I mean, yep. so you have a minimum of three weekends left. At minimum, right. with this team. So, no, not really. I, I'm not that concerned because I just don't think that LSU at the plate is going to be as bad as they were this weekend. It's not going to continue yeah. to happen. Dylan Cruz Five is not going to go one of twelve. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I, no, I'm not. I'm personally, okay. I'm not worried. Okay. They had five hits on Friday's win, twelve hits on Saturday's loss, and only six hits on. Sunday's 10 run rule. So yes, the worst offensive outing in there, and that's not going to happen often, but what needs to happen is if you were making the decision, of course, Skeens is going to pitch on Friday. Would you still keep Ty Floyd at Saturday? And what do you do on Sunday? I would keep Ty Floyd on Saturday because again, look, I mean, Jordan, we talked about it all week last week. Everybody looks at the SEC record for Auburn and says, oh, they're not good. Well, they had seven guys going into the weekend that were hitting the 300 or above. And he struck out what should have been eight in a row. Um, So when Ty Floyd's on, he's on. I I don't know if I'm going to hit him hard on the scenario that he couldn't go, right? Um, Sunday – Personally, if it were me, I would go Gavin Gidry. And I think that's something that I've kind of talked about for three weeks. If you're going to go Johnny Holstaff anyway, 
Gavin Gidry gives you the best chance of getting you three or four innings, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't move Thatcher Hurd because in the back part of the bullpen, he's been lights out. But, I, I mean, Jordan, they're just not – they're not – they got to go out and get pitching, okay? At least some – and look, the complete opposite happened last year. They didn't have anybody that could really start, and their bullpen with Razelman and um, Paul Gervais were lights out, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, what's crazy is is when I talked to Jay um, last summer and we did the interview with him, he was really trying to get Paul Gervais to stay. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't fall that way, but – I don't know. I, I really don't know what they can do. You you got to hope that Wes Johnson, now that he would be in this recruiting process, can get some of his guys in here. Um, because it, it, people forget, he did not get any of the guys that he wanted in, in here. So, look, we'll see. It's going to be really tough. But they got they Jordan. I'd rather lose twelve to two and you throw strikes than losing twelve to two and you and you walk six guys in the first inning. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah you no know, question. like get rocked, get rocked for crying out loud. Let him hit you, but what you yeah. can't do is give him free passes. That's a, that's annoying. Yeah, uh, little Christian, little God bless him. He couldn't get an out um, in the first inning. Could not get an out, and that's not how you want to start things off. Um, I, I wonder your <laughs> thoughts on Thatcher Hurd because I, I I would go with experience personally, and I think Thatcher Hurd needs needs a confidence boost. And I would go to Thatcher Hurd and say, dude, um, I'm putting you, you're my Sunday starter the rest of the year. Here's the ball, go get it. And um, we'll see how it goes. You don't need to pitch nine innings. You don't need to pitch eight innings. Give me give me three, give me four. And we're good. Um, well, that's the way found, I would approach He's definitely found something, right? I mean, so, yeah. I mean, Jordan, they, they changed him. He, he's primarily out of the stretch. And for what it's worth, it it's helped him. And he was, he was wiped out against Auburn. So yeah. I'm with you. I mean, you just got you can't throw Christian Little back out there. No. You, you just no, can't. No, no, no. He's shot. I'm with you. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Football's out recruiting. Tell me about the transfer portal. What's the latest on the running back from Rummel? Yeah, I think Logan Diggs, um, who had made a trip to South Carolina Old Miss. I think you know, the people that I talk to, they still feel pretty good with Logan Diggs. I think he just wants to do his due diligence. Because, Jordy, here's the thing, and people forget this. When he was being recruited, he could not go on any visits because of COVID. So when you see a lot of these kids that hit the portal going on visits, all of these kids pretty much didn't have the ability to go on visits, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I feel good on Logan Diggs. Um, Keon Coleman's going to be at Ole Miss this weekend, the wide receiver from Opelousas. Uh, he made some interesting comments this weekend, like, why y'all always just saying I'm going to LSU? Y'all don't know anything. Basically, is what he was saying. I think he's going to give LSU a chance to, you know, see if he wants to come in the wide receiver from Michigan State. But I, I, I think the biggest of all of this is Trey Amos, yes. the DB from, uh, from UL. I, yep. I just think that, Jordy, when you – when you legitimately have 35 offers and everybody in the SEC besides Vandy has offered you, what is that telling you? 
Yeah. I, I mean, and, he's offered by Michigan. He got offered by Michigan State. He got offered by Ohio State. He got offered by USC. He got offered by Georgia. I, I mean, look, there are a lot more brighter coaches than me, and everybody offered him. So LSU hosted him this past weekend and really tried to get him to shut his recruitment down um, due to Trey having some connections with coaches at other schools. I think that he had told them that he gave them their word that he would he would go on a visit. But if you talk to anybody in that building, they feel pretty confident that they might have locked down Trey Amos, which would be a massive uh, gift for them. You saw what Osiris Torrance did, transferred from UL to Florida and became a, a high draft pick. So the, the groundwork is there. UL does a good job coaching players. Uh, Amos would be a great addition to this LSU football program. So if they could get him, that would be uh, that would be terrific. So uh, they're out well, there you know recruiting what I'm now. from coaches? So there was a kid named Ashton Stamps from Rummel this past year, the DV. Historically, LSU would not have taken him. Okay? They wouldn't have taken him, Jordy, because they had the limit, and they they just can't go and take him. Well, now they don't have the 25 scholarship limit. Okay? And they can just get back to the 85. So what if that that kid would have gone to UL in a couple years he would have hit the portal and would have been an LSU talent. Why can't he be at LSU the whole time? I, I do mm-hmm. like that this kind of process is happening. More three stars in the history of recruiting have gone to Power 5 programs than ever before. I do like seeing that because now, Jordy, you start talking about development. Okay, You start talking about kids that really probably can play at that level, but because of some Rudy Poo rule, you know, you couldn't, yeah. you could only do 25. So, I do right. like that uh, you're seeing this a little bit more often in teams taking guys that they like but want to see grow a little bit. Yeah, Trey Amos would be a welcome addition. Uh, LSU gets out the gate with Florida State and um, the updated spread from FanDuel in Orlando, LSU-Florida State, a pick game. This is a this going to be the best game of the opening weekend. By far, it's going to get the, the highest ratings – um, both teams return their quarterbacks. This, I, I think whoever wins this game jettisons up the board um, for the serious conversation. I know it's early, but of a playoff contender. Uh, that's the significance no of this game, and I, I think it's terrific. Jordan, I said this three weeks ago, and I know it kind of got a lot of headway and kind of went a little viral with 100,000 views or whatever, but listen – I'm going to continue to say this on your show until the day that the game's played, okay? I am more worried about Florida State from an LSU perspective than I am Alabama. I get that it's on paper, okay? There is not a better one-two punch on the defensive line in the country better than Florida State. They had Jared Verse, who ate you alive last year, Gave Jane Daniels a lot of issues because he was always in his face. And then they went and got Braden Fisk, the number one defensive tackle. And probably, you know, you look at these draft boards, you had Mel Kuyper and McShay saying that he was a, the 32 overall pick if he would have come out. So, look, I know that your offensive line has gotten much better, but they have weapons. They have guys. They didn't lose a lot. They are – Jordan, with all due respect, 
I, you can make the argument. You can make the argument that LSU and Florida State are a lot alike. And oh, that, so I agree. With that being with that being said, I just look. You, the, you know what the crazy thing is? The best thing that could have happened to LSU for this game specifically was you lost last year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so now you go into this offseason and you get guys back like Mason Smith. It's a year two under Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer if he rotates in there. So it just it's going to be a really tough game. Jordy, I really do get LSU-Oregon vibes. Like, I, I really do. So if it's going to be that big of a game and LSU wins it, I think that they get early momentum. And if that, if that offense gets that early momentum, watch out because it could be deadly. Two really, you know, you mentioned Jaden Daniels. Jordan Travis is back for his uh, senior season, and we saw what he did. He's cool as a as a cucumber. We we remember the game. LSU should have won. They didn't. Special teams was a nightmare in the game, uh, but Florida State's gotten better. Uh, I think LSU's gotten better. Makes for one hell of a opening day, opening uh, week of football for Tiger fans, and I expect yeah. LSU to invade Orlando and make it a heck of a heck of a weekend. Um, that's a long ways away, but it's it's kind of fun starting to talk about it because it has that it does have that LSU Oregon feel when Teran Matthew and company went out there and just took care of business. And went on, yep. greatest team ever till they, you know, till they weren't. Um, uh, anyway, but Blake, thank you, buddy. Right. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you hopefully next Monday. No problem, Jordy. Sounds good. Go Tigers. You got it, baby. Thank you so much, Blake Rafino. The Are You Serious podcast. We've got some uh, birthday wishes, some former Tigers, and you see the um, the Green Bay Packer reunion at the Kentucky Derby. Matt Flynn hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. He was his backup in Green Bay. Yeah. Anyway, back to close things up next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, Cleaning America's Air from the Inside Out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. So start playing and win. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted, along with everything that you need for your travel days. And by Cajun Chef. Ah, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back. Uh, I put the finishing touches on this uh, May 8th edition. We're so thrilled that you joined us, hopefully for the majority of it, if not all of it. 
Special thanks to our guest, Glenn West from Go247 Sports. Ali Cassell talking NBA, Pelicans, playoffs of uh, at the Bird Rights, and Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. If today, May 8th, is your birthday, well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Three former Tigers in uh, celebrating a birthday today. Drake Nevis, defensive lineman, drafted in the NFL, uh, won the Grey Cup in Canadian football not too long ago. Drake Nevis is 34 years old. Um, Garrett Temple, longtime NBA player, um, probably will become a uh, involved in the NBA league office at some point in time. He's 37 years old. He's on his way out from the NBA. I think he realizes that. I think everybody realizes that. But what a great ambassador. What a great teammate. What a great locker room guy. Um, Garrett Temple, 37 years old today. And the former fullback, fourth down Hester, the Florida game, where time after time, Les Miles kept saying, give it to him, give it to him. And each and every time he kept getting that first down and that first down, uh, Jacob Hester turns 38 years old today. Happy birthday, Jacob. Happy birthday, Garrett. Happy birthday, Drake. Um, all three very, very good players uh, at their stay uh, at LSU. So congratulations to them. Tomorrow's show, um, we'll preview St. Thomas More and its quest to get to the state championship opportunity. They play in the semifinals tomorrow. You can listen to it here on the game. Um, we'll recap the NBA playoffs. Can the uh, Heat make it a 3-1 series? Can the Warriors tie it up at two apiece? We'll find out later tonight. And, of course, Bob Rose for his Tuesday Black and Gold Report with the Saints News Network. James Mesh, thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion that you do. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Until tomorrow. I am Jordy Hultberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Coming up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Until tomorrow. So long, everybody. <laughs>